Good morning, everyone. Please permit a brief prayer. Lord Jesus, uphold me that I might uplift thee. Amen. Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. With those words, inspired words, through the pen of the Apostle John, we are provided a very critical context for all of our leadership discussions the last couple days. Lutheran leaders see the picture that the world cannot see of the last days, of the return. And with that, we keep looking and listening. But I have to submit to you, the last several years, it's been kind of tough. Several times, I almost felt like I got a sucker punch in the stomach that, that keeled me over and I gasped for breath because I saw something or I heard something or I read something and I couldn't believe the blatant evil on display. It seems to be satur just suffocating our societies. And I'll, I'll give you an example. It was from yesterday in one of the presentations. And a slide came up and they had a collage of pictures on that one slide. And one of the pictures showed a person holding a sign. And the sign said, if Jesus comes, kill him again. Takes your breath away. But it doesn't surprise us. Lutheran leaders, by the grace of the Spirit, through the Scripture, we know the battle. It's always been thus against the Christian church. The proclamation of the truth of the gospel stirs up the hatred of Satan like nothing else. But we understand that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And I'm almost going, who, wow. I mean, if that passage doesn't pick us up straight, and then we remember we're not in it alone. And then we remember how often scripture comes to us and says, pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray without ceasing. Pray with many kinds of prayer. And that the Spirit of God uses that and allows us to tap into the omnipotence of God, who for the sake of Jesus, he's got our back. And what does Jesus say? What's one of his glorious promises to his people? I tell you the truth. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. And I go, yes. And yet there's a little bit of thinking way back here. It's kind of like the mustard seed faith that can move a mountain. And I'm kind of going, I don't really. But Jesus cannot lie. And I'm going to tell you a true story to prove you, to prove to you that prayer works, that Jesus does indeed keep his word. Some people came to the king. The king 
His name was Jehoshaphat, the country's Judah. And these men came to the king and said, you are being invaded. It's a vast army. There's an alliance of three nations against you. They're already crossed the border. King, you're being invaded. And Jehoshaphat, alarmed, resolved to inquire of the Lord. He declared a fast. And isn't it fascinating? He did not call out the troops. He did not call a war council. He resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he had people, his subjects. You would think that an invasion, they're known, the target is Jerusalem. You would think they would take their kids and go anywhere but. But the Bible tells us that the men and the women and the children and the little ones were there with their king. And the king went to the temple, and the king prayed. And he started out in his prayer and said, Oh, Lord God Almighty, you're glorious. No one can stand bef beside or be before you. You are completely in control. And he went in his prayer, and he recounted the history of God's saving activity for that people, how he led them out and brought them freedom and led them to the promised land. And he had them build a temple where the glory of his name could be revealed. And he promised, you go to that temple in time of calamity or sword or pestilence, you pray, I will hear and I will save. But the king ended his prayer this way. Lord, we're being attacked by those nations you had us walk around when we came out of Egypt. Look how they are repaying us. Judge them, Lord. We have no power to stop this army. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And almost immediately, the Spirit of God raised up a man by the name of Jehaziel, who said to the king, who said to all the people, take heart, don't be afraid. The battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. And Jehoshaphat heard that and his people, and the Bible says they all bowed down with their face to the ground. As you know from Bible times, that act of worship, that act of humility, that act of praise, you've saved us. And then Jehoshaphat did something unique. He appointed a choir. This one only had men because he put them in the front rank of the army. The front rank. They didn't have a sword. They didn't have a spear. They didn't have a shield. They had a song. And when they marched out, the king said to them and to the soldiers, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be delivered. Have faith in the words of his prophet. You will be successful. And the choir started to sing. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. And at that moment, God unleashed his fury, and he turned those three nations allied with each other against each other in bitterness and rivalry. And verse 24 of 2 Chronicles 20 says, no one had escaped. And naturally, they went back rejoicing. What's that tell us about Lutheran leadership? What are our takeaways from that? 
So I'm going to tell you that Lutheran leadership leads from the knees, your knees. First reason. The Holy Spirit of God has taken the law and worked his miracle in my heart and your hearts, and he's crushed us. Because the law of God reveals just how despicable my old nature is. The law of God reveals that it's true what Isaiah once said. My best efforts are filthy rags. It's true what the Apostle Paul said by the Spirit. The good that I would, I do not. The evil that I would not, that I do. What a wretched man I am. Who's going to rescue me? Yes, the Spirit takes the law and crushes us. And we understand that leadership is not necessarily anything I can bring to the table. It's leadership that God will do through me. But he has to crush me so that I don't take false pride. Lutheran leaders lead on their knees because the Holy Spirit has taken the gospel and he's done miracle work. He's brought you to faith. He's brought me to faith. He stepped in time and place in my life and it happened to be some... in. West Bend, Wisconsin, a hospital with an intensive care unit for little premature babies. And I was baptized with water and word and God came into my life. And he's come into your life. And he's brought you to faith. With such power that the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 equates the power of your coming to faith with the power that raised Christ from the dead. That's what's been unleashed in you. To God be praised. So Lutheran leaders lead from their knees. Also in prayerful, humble penitence because of what the law convicts us of. But we lead on our knees with joyful thanks and trust because of the gospel. And we lead on our knees because we know the promises of God that bring us confidence and contentment, the promises of God. You know that the Bible is God's promise to you. My encouragement to you is start going through that Bible and look at all the individual promises. They're countless. But what's God saying to us? Oh, he says, all God's promises are yes to us in Christ. He says, in all things, God works together for the good. I mean, how does it impact our leadership? We look with things differently. So, you have a decision to start a strategic plan, see how it works, and you work hard on it, then you begin to evaluate it, and you see you've reached some objectives, you've reached where you wanted to go, you made these changes, and everybody kind of agrees. This is, this is working out well. And naturally, we use our human skills and abilities that God has given us to try to do that honestly, objectively. But then over here is another project. You're looking at a building project, perhaps, or maybe calling another teacher, whatever the case might be. And you planned it out, and you tried to get funding, and guess what? It appeared to flop. Didn't go at all. And people kind of get discouraged. What does the Bible say? Yes in Jesus, not no. 
Yes, in Jesus, in all things good. Which means that as you look at what we're trying to do, we take that step back and say, Lord, give us the eyes of faith that you're always good to us. Your love endures forever. And when something seems to be a failure, then go back to the promises of God. He's made a promise. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He's made a promise. He said, the psalmist said, in your faithful love, you have afflicted me that I may learn your decrees. What might look like a flap, God's saying, maybe I'll discipline you. Maybe I'll take you back to the decrees, to the promises, to have that confidence. Now, we don't presume to say exactly how this is going to work out for good, but we know it will be for good because God cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. So start going through those promises, whether in, in a gathering of fellowship, whether it's the council, maybe it's a school board, maybe it's a, a ladies group, whatever. Start literally looking for those promises, those individual ones. They're all over the place. Memorize them. And by you praying to the Lord for your ministry, for your faith, your family's faith, he answers for Christ's sake. And the more you memorize the promises of God and pray over them, you are now like Jacob, holding God to his promises. And what happens? Prayer, because you are praying the very words of God, becomes a means of grace and always strengthens you. To God the glory, friends. Keep on praying, for we know that Christ is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Thank you.